India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone let's get to some interesting insights for interesting times this is Rohit Srivastava here taking you through my take on what all has been happening especially after the 3% down day in Nifty today so what we've seen is a continued reaction that has uh, started almost a week ago uh, in fact uh, you may even say that it started right from the start of the month because we hit 9880 a 50% retracement of the fall from the feb top at the end of the april expiration and then developed what everybody can see as an island reversal now the big question has been whether we've now resumed our crash mode in markets and are going back to 7000 6000 and so on that's been the discussion or are we still in recovery mode now if you go by what is happening around the world and then look at what is happening out here you probably feel that you know our market is worse off or done much more badly but you actually saw a correction in us indices last week it pulled back in a, a typical three wave channelized uh, correction but probably in size much smaller than what we have seen out here or at least it feels that way because we are looking from a distance because the retracement on the nifty has been just over 38% today so the 38% mark was close to 9000 we fell slightly below that but you've seen similar kind of reactions also in many other markets so when it happened in the us and i wrote a note on that last week i said apc is done it will probably start heading up and we are up for almost two days and today the future is still indicating maybe a third day the same was visible also in european markets especially say dax or the cac both of them have a downward channel corrective pattern and they reached the low end and are bouncing back so probably our market uh, for a while looked like we weren't doing that or maybe we uh, uh, didn't want to really fall below the immediate short term swing lows which were close to 9140 uh, but we did and we did that all in one day so i think on friday we closed at 9136 ahead of the final announcements so not with uh, not with a big close below it but uh, marginal and today all uh, together we've probably reached the lower end of a falling uh, channel that uh, you can actually draw on the indices uh, but i know a lot of people who at least on my timeline be, timeline been talking about going back to 8000 and 6000 which is a view that uh, we've been contesting and now that you've had all the announcements out of the government and i think the uh, negativity today at least it's a part of continued discounting of the fact of what uh, whatever has been said now even if you go back a week or so i think a lot of people from the investment community were saying well how much can they do is there really room for the government to spend even though they really talked about a 20 lakh crore package which sounds like a lot now in hindsight you're probably seeing that a lot of it is credit based uh, there was a cnbc calculation which said oh well it's only 0.68% of gdp however Uh, despite all of that because uh, all of that was known if you knew that they couldn't really spend much and they were not going to be able to stretch it too far on the fiscal side then should you really have been surprised by uh, what you heard over the last 5 days so uh, the sell off in the market then actually started well ahead of government's announcements in fact people were expecting an announcement maybe much earlier and uh, the weakest sector really has been the financial so when we do a cross review of what the market has done you will find that you know more than uh, almost 48 49% of stocks have gone up by uh, more than 20% in this market in this bounce back over the last couple of weeks and uh, only uh, the declines have actually been small in other words the broad market has held up much better within a you know less than a 38% pullback of the rise that they've seen in, in april so in april when you had the extreme low then you definitely had the 
uh, right setup to call for an upside. So my long short report for April said that we are extremely oversold. And apart from any near term uh, downward reaction, if we hold uh, the 7900 or 8200 supports, then probably we start towards the 50% retracement mark, which we hit on expiration day. The question since then has been, is that it? Or is there more ahead? And so that's what this discussion is all about. And uh, so hopes would have probably lied on uh, government action and the opening up of the lockdown. Now the lockdown is opening up around the world. Uh, so even though India is saying we are extending it to the end of the month, it's part of the opening up process because now the states are being allowed to decide how much and to what extent they will open things up. And apart from probably the red zones or places where uh, there is a need for a tight uh, restrictions to be implemented i think everything else will uh, start opening up from a time to time basis so you'll probably see that happen and the economy will slowly start trying to reset itself what is needed then after that is of course uh, some kind of help to make things come back to square speedily and that's what i think uh, probably uh, what the markets of uh, you know people over the last four five days may have expected even though while saying there's no room for the government to do it i think traders uh, at large would have expected well if they've made such a big announcement they'd at least uh, dole out some money uh, to some parts of the economy which would have a direct stimulative effect in the short term what they've really done is they've provided uh, uh, in their uh, words a stimulus of sorts but uh, what it is is a lot of uh, credit now there's the upside or the downside you can always look at the glasses half full and half empty so when i actually put out my tweet last evening and some people said you need to explain what you're really trying to say and what i was trying to say is good that we are past the event because you know when there are events the market is trying to discount that and sometimes the news flow from it can cause reactions or simply anticipating what is going to happen causes the market to pause which is probably what the last one week was all about in the meantime banks were the weakest spot and if you actually listen to what all they have done uh, you can argue both ways for the banking sector. Definitely the slowdown has a negative impact and you don't know how fast things will improve. Will people spend again? Will that purchasing power come back or will they borrow again? At the same time, governments provide a lot of room for banks to go out and lend, if not to consumers, to various other sectors, which is probably what the market is overlooking at this stage. So, uh, you know, by actually providing, I would say they've provided a floor of sorts, at least for the next one year. You can speculate what happens after one year, but then people don't know where the economy will be from, uh, you know, one year down the line and how things would have gotten better or worse. In the meantime, at least for this time period, uh, a floor means that you will not hear any more NPAs, which means no more write downs uh, of bad loans. On the other hand, uh, you've created a lot of room for uh, giving out new credit that can actually show up as credit growth. So this is how you can look at the you know, glass half full or half empty. Does that mean by saying all this, I'm saying that, you know, the worst is over and uh, the economy goes back to an 8% growth path? Of course not. I mean, we all know there is something called the business cycle. The business cycle turned down three years ago and people were still buying stocks. So probably at that time, they would not want to listen to my saying that we were at the peak of the cycle and things would roll over even after mid cap started to crash in 2018. So I've been at the other side for almost two years. But now that you're starting to crash and starting to you know, get uh, uh, a lot of market reaction and probably what has happened with the coronavirus impact is that you've all of altogether given back 40% rather than it being uh, the start and one leg and then counter moves and so on. Uh, you had this big massive one-time reaction which has led to the next stage of things happening at least when you look at it from a global perspective. The next stage of things is uh, and I think I tried to anticipate that in September itself that the world would move towards 
some kind of fiscal spending so we also did we did our tax breaks uh, but uh, everywhere around the world most of the action till that point of time was monetary which means central banks cut rates or they buy bonds and we were too cutting rates and buying bonds to some extent but not really being able to effectively bring, bring down rates but uh, the rbi started ltros i think from december if i'm not wrong and from there on they have tried to intervene in the market directly to bring down interest rates and that operation has now gone up many fold post the coronavirus and so even when bond prices were actually falling uh, in non us markets because of the crisis and the risk of environment uh, many bond yields shot up uh, very very sharply from russia to brazil to spain germany and so on and so it started to show up a bit here our market didn't react that uh, badly and i had my cut off point at 6.5% which didn't get crossed immediately turned down as the government uh, announced its 2 lakh crore bond buying program and so yield started to ease again we are again at the low end of bond yields as far as india is concerned and it still hasn't made a trend reversal so will yields continue to lower so that's one part so you can say that while the government has created room for people to borrow why will they borrow but this uh, the us uh, example really shows us that there's always a tipping point in terms of interest rate so you can keep lowering rates till the point where it becomes feasible for you to borrow more so that's one part of the equation that probably needs to happen is that the efforts of the rbi to bring down rates need to not only continue but show up in terms of uh, lending rates coming down especially when you have a bank uh, government guarantee on the loans which means shouldn't those rates be equivalent to the interest rates being charged on those loans be equivalent to i mean this just occurred to me right now while talking uh, toward the government borrows or to the highest triple a rate uh, they would probably not want to do that looking at the uh, borrower but if it's government backed uh, and maybe that's the route with which you get lower interest rates just a thought uh, to tinker about Uh, but the point is that you have uh, you know you have loans available uh, with guarantees that uh, you know actually for for banks if they really want to show revenue uh, with uh, good loans on their books then this is probably one source if they uh, want to get back to showing some kind of growth so it's an opportunity you know in, in of sorts and the government's created the incentive to use that opportunity and you really want to see whether they go out and do that in which case their numbers next year would actually end up looking pretty good uh, versus expectations and then Uh, for you to end up uh, shorting that which is what probably everybody is wanting to do and the bank nifty is retraced as of today 78% of the bounce back that it has seen even though its uh, bounce was actually meager compared to the nifty itself which did a 50% retracement the bank nifty didn't do more than 38% on the way up either so it's been more suppressed even though someone may say that well bank nifty's fallen 16% the uh, overall bank nifty's uh, rallies and declines have been large in terms of percentage so uh, the numbers always appear big in terms of retracement they are smaller than the nifty in terms of percentage they are probably bigger so that's just fact uh, but the real fact is that the broad market held on through all of last week it's probably down today uh, to the lower bollinger band and so are most indices and uh, in that sense uh, still the broad market or the mid cap indices have, are retracing or falling less than Uh, overall less than uh, most other indices so that continues to be the thing uh, as far as the broad market holding on is concerned or stocks holding on is concerned but yesterday was a panic day i think that we have seen after a long time since the bounce back probably the one day when it sold off from 9800 looked like this then it went flat waiting for the uh, announcement the government announcement created a one day pop and now again after it's all said and done today we have the final reaction to the market thinking where well, there's nothing in it for us however Uh, if you take a plain and glass look at uh, what has been announced uh, as far as its 
probably not a big uh, fiscal cut uh, in terms of you know you know making the fiscal deficit worse uh, or doling out uh, you know to the stock market or to the public at large uh, beyond the point uh, what it's uh, really done is uh, is use the opportunity to make series of announcements around reforms which uh, some people are saying well what is the use now but the point is these were reforms that were not only pending but were much called for if you went back a year you know any institutional uh, analyst would have said that uh, you or even foreign investors would have said that you really should get government out of business and so on these things are popular statements uh, and here all at once at least they've made their intent clear that they want to be out of the public sector uh, i mean they want to be out of the private sector that is uh, in terms of business they only want to be in uh, certain businesses which they will uh, call as strategic in nature and once they have defined what is strategic every other uh, public sector enterprise will then be privatized and the strategic ones if there are more than uh, one business there they probably merge it so that's a series of things that going to happen which means the government slowly moving out of you know business and probably be selling off which is part of the disinvestment plan but this is in a different way that you will be disinvesting out of every business that is non strategic eventually in one way or the other and that's then an opportunity for individual businesses out there that want to acquire and manage a big business you know getting it at a price uh, that will become possible and probably end up getting financed with the banking or financial system as well so there's another thing which will happen so what should have happened today is you should have seen probably public sector enterprises really shoot up rather than down the only reason somebody would sell them if you were a big buyer and you you know had this knowledge in advance or probably you had a large holding you want to push down the price of the pse so that the government actually sells it to you cheap so this is something that fis used to do many times in the 1990s as far as i can remember that every time a disinvestment plan used to be announced by the government and a bidding used to be announced the stock price of the said public sector stock would actually go down and then many times the government would end the disinvestment plan saying they are not getting a good price because the market's not up to it so they did this repeatedly uh, hoping probably that the government would sell cheap and they never did hopefully the government can get around that problem and ensure that they get uh, a good uh, bid up price by bringing in enough bidders uh, especially from the business side so that this problem is not really faced so if you have enough business side bidders and somebody is serious about uh, you know buying out a good uh, government business then probably they get a good rate for it but that said the movement of government out of uh, you know the public sector putting a floor under the banking system and opening up uh, all other sectors which are earlier probably only meant for the public sector through the private and so many other things that they've mentioned all uh, I mean this probably I'm just you know calling out some things that are noted uh, that ended up being said uh, but I think it spreads across uh, sectors uh, including power and so on things that they've done which are all long term positive so no, nobody will really dispute that the only thing is they don't give you the near term uh, sweetener uh, to really roll things up you know but that side if you actually see i mean what is the near term sweetener as far as us is concerned they've already announced trillion they're actually going to pass another 3 trillion dollar package is what i read recently uh, on the spending side to actually boost the economy so that would really be big because they've already announced i think 1 to 2 trillion dollars before Uh, over that the fed has announced uh, 2 trillion dollars worth of bond buying including into the junk bond market they have been active in the repo market and so there's this whole theme around the dollar which was the risk area up to uh, you know the month of march where they intervened and made sure that the dollar doesn't keep keep on rising so clearly the feds on the side of not allowing the dollar to rise and create a risk of environment again and again moment it happens they intervenes uh, strongly there 
the risk they face is of, of course devaluing the dollar beyond the point where it's logical or where it causes a market chaos but so far that has not happened but it's something you should always watch out for because it will show up either in the dollar price movement or in the price of gold which of course is starting to reflect some of that by going back to where it was in 2012 close to the 1800 mark so that's the next big resistance for gold price 1800 which it had touched there and sold off from and now we are actually getting back there on the back of all the central bank intervention so that's one of the direct effects and the secondary effects of that should be in uh, commodity prices themselves so when oil hit 10 dollars i put out a post and nobody wanted to believe it that it oil can actually go back to 30 which is nothing but the wave four high it's very simple when it comes to earlier wave analysis and now we are back at 30 dollars the in interesting part is that this rally is now five waves in structure which means that it is impulsive and directional in terms of the long term path now that doesn't mean that you won't correct because once you complete a five wave move you're going to get some pullback or retracement at some point of time uh, but you achieved the initial targets the maximum upside maybe around $30 $32 on some of the fibonacci calculations on wti uh, that i wrote uh, two days ago and uh, let's see whether plus or minus of that we do pause and pullback uh, but uh, the reversal that we are seeing in many of in some of these uh, commodity prices maybe an initial sign of a switch between what has been over the last two years an extreme deflationary cycle you know even though the uh, dollar index has not made an all time high that was last seen in 2017 at 103.9 or 103.8 and after that we haven't gone past that we've come close to the 100 mark which is what the fed is trying to protect uh, but there's often a lead lag and that's what i think we've witnessed between these two highs in the dollar is that uh, deflationary pressures remained which are showing up in prices rather than the currency itself and they have actually made much lower lows uh, at least in oil we've made a much lower low in many individual commodity prices we have probably gone back to previous lows but not made lower lows as yet but there have been significant cutbacks there the point is if you started to get a recovery in oil are we moving from a deflationary to a mildly inflationary outcome and if central banks are printing money like uh, they are and uh, even in india even though we may not say so if there's credit growth you will have some level of expansion in in money whether it comes from direct printing or credit and uh, to that extent and if we do have to intervene later on through government spending because the government's going to do have to do a lot of the spending out of its books at least on its uh, normal budgetary affairs because uh, it's not going to have the income that it had last year so that's where uh, it has had to really ask for a further borrowing limit and so whether all this spending from various central banks around the world will result in a stagflationary environment is the next thing to really think about so we look at how that plays out and uh, in the meantime i would probably not want to you know downplay a lot of what the what has been announced because uh, somewhere when good reforms are announced you should take it up in fact i find a lot of a kind of a deja vu between when i try to compare events of uh, the first round of uh, the bjp government which was there between 1997 to you know 2004 which was the vajpayee government uh, 1.0 and 2.0 and uh, the first time they came in you had a market which was uh, dull more defensive you know and eventually when they came in the second time it was the peak of the tech bubble and then that went pop and after that they did lot of reforms but uh, the market wouldn't recognize them because they were similar in nature which is they were not direct market impacting but they were good steps for the long term probably helped the eventual turnaround and uh, growth that occurred after 2003 4 the problem with uh, doing uh, those kind of affairs is you let the market takes its own course something that a lot of people actually like 
uh, in and it's not been the course that the international markets or US markets have taken. They've been intervening in their markets through every drawdown and uh, you know creating bubbles as we have seen. They've also gone to the extent where we, you, if you read a lot of the foreign press, you read about you know the unfunded liabilities, uh, the uh, unfunded pensions, and all those other problems. And when you think of you know handouts, which is what the government has been saying that you don't want to become a government of handouts, is actually a positive thing from that point. If you think about that, you don't want to create those kind of credits that you then have to do again and again every time, and eventually end up having a big bill that you really can't pay for. So that's uh, the that's not probably the right route uh, to go with, uh, as much as it sounds ideal to to a lot of youngsters uh, when you think about having social security of some kind or thinking that oh I don't have a job I can just go to the government and demand ten thousand rupees a month as salary if I don't have a job. Uh, that would almost you know make a lot of uh, people unfruitful or un unwilling to work and simply to file for uh, unemployment benefits. So in that sense, they're spending increasingly on Amendrega plan is probably a better way to uh, go about that which is almost similar that you're giving people work to do uh, and then paying for it so it's a very different form of uh, doing a social plan and uh, probably gets uh, much more credit in that sense so yes we can, there are things that we can crib about that were not said in the last five days you can say that you didn't want i mean these reforms uh, are not uh, meant for the moment but really on a long-term basis thank god we have these things happening and we move forward uh, to a much more reformed uh, system than the one that we had in the past uh, and so it's always welcome and uh, somewhere uh, they will have positive rub off effects probably one to two years down the line uh, in the meantime what you really want to watch out for is that the markets are going to be moving on sentiment which means that if you had such a big sell-off in the markets and then if you're thinking oh, it's just going to keep getting bad and worse uh, without really looking into the fact that uh, we are beginning to open up the economy and there, there will be some dis demand side positive effects of that uh, which you would want to price in before you start pricing in the negative effects uh, is where you can probably get caught up in what I called in my last podcast a bear trap. So I don't think that sentiment in my mind has changed even though you've lost 300 points. Are we really going to new lows is the big question and somewhere I feel that too, there's too much negativity around to really take that call uh, it would be it's uh, very easy and very typical to do you could have done it but and you may have gained from being uh, you know short from 9800 to where we are today but uh, my sense is that there's probably something left uh, in the uh, in the market and uh, probably uh, being uh, bearish at this level when the bank nifty is already retraced maybe 80 percent of the uh, gains that it tried to make is appearing a little risky to me so uh, in the meantime, you're already seeing a continuation of a recovery across global markets. So I think unless uh, what's happening around the world really starts to get worse because this has got to be global. We are a part of the global economy uh, and whatever happened with the coronavirus also global. So all the impacts have been on various countries, including the US and everybody's taking actions which they can within uh, their own resources. I think a lot uh, in that sense has actually been done on the ground. So we, sh we should not under talk that as well because of you know people who've been working day and night doctors etc to make sure that you know they can uh, deal with this problem uh, and get things sorted uh, down to the local level where local authorities and flex societies themselves like mine uh, many people have taken it on themselves to make sure that the quarantine is strictly followed inside the society uh, you know staying at the gates all day to make sure that people don't leave and break the rules and guidelines and so there's, there's so much that's happening that we can really ignore and you know uh, get uh, 
uh, all negative about everything. That said, I am not saying that the business cycle had turned, but markets move on sentiment, and if things get too negative, they tend to do exactly the opposite. Is what I am trying to highlight here, which is what you need to be thinking about, especially as lockdowns around the world start to open up, trying to deal with the economy coming back to full scope. In the process, what you might end up doing is overlooking the potential opportunities that certain sectors and themes might actually be providing in this meantime. Some of them may come from the announcements, but some of them might come because of all the monetary and other action that's going to that's uh, you know taking place. I've been waiting to write uh, all that in my next long short report, but simply waiting for the market to give me a clear sign of what it's planning to do at a slightly larger scale apart from the near term 2-3% gyrations and I think that clarity should probably emerge soon waiting for it even in the last two weeks but we still are in between trying to decide what we want to do and I think once I have that clarity I think I'll write it in more detail uh, but it's definitely showing it in a few indicators that I'm writing and tracking uh, on a day-to-day -day basis so I've already given indications on that uh, all we're looking for is it for it to become a trend and then to catch on in terms of something that you can play on a day-to-day -day basis so that's all in this update from me thank you nothing in this podcast is investment advice views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work please consult a registered financial advisor for the same and yes please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge